So my name is Gwen Brown. Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a mother, wife of three. Um, and currently I am the community engagement coordinator with Behavioral Health Systems Baltimore. And before that, I was an organizer in Baltimore for about 15 plus years. Great. And where do you live in Baltimore? Oh, I live in Govins, Big Govins. Have you grown up in Baltimore or? Yep, I'm a native of Baltimore. I grew up in East Baltimore. We didn't have names for the neighborhood then, but right now it's called the Oliver Community. So I grew up in um, in the Oliver Community of East Baltimore. And is your family like from here or generations back or is it? So my grandmother and grandfather migrated here from Stony Creek, Virginia. Um, my grandmother was, was reared on a farm that is actually still in the family. She was born 1902 and that farm is still in the family. Um, so she had, there were 13 of them all together. Um, she said she used to work indoors and then her brothers would work outside. She had eighth grade education. Um, she came to Baltimore with my grandfather to, cause he wanted to get a job at, um, he worked at Bethlehem Steel cause a lot of people through the great migration, they came here and worked at Bethlehem Steel or Sparrows Point. Um, so they came and um, they bought a home in the Oliver community and I was raised by my grandmother and grandfather. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, uh, I guess tell me a little bit about your work um, in Baltimore. What are you doing now? And what kinds of projects have you helped make happen over your time as an organizer? So right now, again, I'm, I'm the Community Engagement Coordinator with Behavioral Health Systems Baltimore, or BHSB, which provides um, services, which, well, actually, it provides um, oversight for behavioral health systems in Baltimore City. Um, and it provides technical assistance and it provides services to people that have uh, behavioral health and substance abuse disorders throughout Baltimore City. So the organization that I work for is a nonprofit, um, but we don't have um, clinics or anything like that directly, but we refer people to places if they need counseling, grief counseling, um, anything like that. Um, so I'm the first person to hold this job. I actually began this, this position in February of 2020, um, which was funny because I'm a community engagement coordinator and then I'm supposed to be out in the community, but then COVID hit. <laughs> so I had to be really innovative into how I um, collaborate with community so right now, um, some of the projects that I've done, I think one that I'm particularly proud of is um, called HUT, Healing Us Together. Mm -hmm. And it is an initiative to um, have these healing-centered conversations in community that can be facilitated by community persons or primarily faith-led institutions. So it's a tool because particularly for people of color, we won't necessarily seek treatment, but we'll go to our pastors or clergy persons to talk. So these are conversations now that um, a lot of faith-led leaders as well as two community leaders have been taught to facilitate in communities um, to be able to get people to have these initial conversations around healing and trauma. 
And then if they need to seek more professional services, then we have that. So um, it's really starting to take off. There have been 18 persons trained all over Baltimore City to facilitate these conversations for the first cohort. The next cohort will begin April 15th, where we will have about 18 to 20 more persons trained to facilitate these conversations. So that's a, a really big initiative that I'm proud of. I'm also proud of the fact that um, the organization that I work with, is, it was very top down. They realized that they needed to be more in community. So I've been able to bring a huge community voice to the organization. Done work there around the consent decree, the behavioral health portion of the consent decree and bring that forth more. Um, so it's a lot of initiatives that I've done there. Um, prior to that, in my organizing, I've done a lot. Um, <laughs> I started with Child First Authority as a program coordinator there. Um, at, it was then John Eager Howard Elementary School. Now it's Dorothy I. Height. And we had about 150 children in the program there. It was actually set up like a Trojan horse to be able to get into the school and be able to work with administrators, um, administrators, parents, and um, teachers to organize, not just within the school, but in the surrounding community. While I was um, at John Inga Howard, I made a connection with Micah and Maryland Institute College of Art to see if some some of the students would be willing to come to school and work with some of the young people. And they did. And that was part of the community organizing effort through Micah. Um, that was kind of the, it's not the, the primary reason it started, but it had some input into how that, how that got off the ground. Um, and then after that, I did, uh, I came on board with Bill Baltimoreans United in leadership development, but they had um, an offset called the Solidarity Sponsoring Committee for low-wage workers. And so I talked to low-wage workers all over Baltimore City, uh, bus drivers, bus aides, janitors, um, uh, crossing guards, um, just to try to you know, figure out what it was that they needed. Um, we went to churches and or soup kitchens and found that people in the soup kitchens, they weren't necessarily there um, because of reasons many people thought. They were there because they might've worked two or three low wage jobs. And, but if they could just have one decent living wage job that that would help. So then um, we just talked to them all over and anyway, we organized and was able to get the first living wage in the country which was huge yeah that was huge and um just met some really incredible people through that effort and then after that i began to work on a variety of issues um through, through the city but eventually i got back into schools and i was at william h lamell middle school organizing there um and found out that a lot of violence was happening in the community with young people. And I wanted to find out why. So I did a lot of listening sessions with young people all over the city with myself and my colleague, um, Lottie Sneed, who moved here from North Carolina. She was an organizer formerly in DC. She went away to Divinity School. And when she saw what was happening, particularly to young black men in Baltimore, she felt like she needed to do something. So she came here 
So then I had a co-partner who was really passionate about young part young people as well. And then um, I talked to young people all over the city at the Woodburn Center, which is a juvenile detention center. And the young man said, look, I'm here. If you don't find something for me to do, my brother's going to be here as well. So Lottie and I have started Save Our Youth, Save Our City campaign. And we, um, we had a, about a group of 10 young people from all over the city that we worked with. And we taught them organizing principles and they began to organize it, 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 because we found out from the young people across the board that they just kept saying, well, we're getting in trouble because two things, there's an uptick in gang activity and we don't have anything to do. So I did a lot of work with um, around gang prevention with the state's attorney's office um, got and wound work productions and um, Whitney Frazier from MICA, <laughs> who thought of these artistic ways that the young people could present about what was happening in the community. Um, that wasn't just artwork, but it was work that we would bring in um, uh, politicians and everyone to see these plays that Whitney helped put together. And then we began, the young people said, well, we want more after school funding, we want summer jobs, we want better places to live, and they wanted state-of-the-art recreation centers. So we took them to every single recreation center in Baltimore City to see what worked, what didn't, and then a couple in D.C. Um, and then we organized to get the first new recreation center built in 30 years, I believe it was, in Dolly Park community. And then uh, we organized to get additional funding for after school. So um, we had to fight for that every year, but we got additional money for after school and community schools. And then summer jobs, we were able to get additional, uh, 2,000 additional summer jobs um, for young people in Baltimore City. So the young people really worked hard. They were diligent. Um, so that was over a course of, I don't know, several years. And then I began to organize all over the city. I was the organizer on the ground in West Baltimore when the whole Freddie Gray unrest happened. So I was there for that. I had to knock on doors and talk to people in the neighborhood and see what it is that they really needed. And then I began to work with the Department of Justice to get stories for the um, report that led to the consent decree. So I did that work for a while, um, worked with the Department of Justice around the consent decree. Um, and then organized the consent decree. Just for so the consent decree was um, it was the last it was the last consent decree that was able to be established before um, the Trump administration took place. And what it is is that the federal government sued the city of Baltimore to do better with their policing efforts. And so they implemented this decree. And if they don't, they have several years to abide by this decree. And then if they don't, then the suit will, will go forward and, and take place. Um, they can do a lot of penal, penalizing to, to Baltimore City if they don't abide by trying to do better with the, um, the police department around real police reform. 
So that's what that was. And it's still in place and it's still a, a whole process. It'll be several years um, that this process will take place. So yes, I did a lot of work around that. A lot of work all over Baltimore City and West Baltimore and Harlem Park West. I helped organize to be able to get them a master plan established because they wanted redevelopment in their community. In East Baltimore and Dolly Park, I organized to get um, an empty lot totally redeveloped into a beautiful green space that took several years. Um, and South Baltimore, I organized with the Latinx community, with the Sacred Heart of Baltimore Church. I spoke like 20 words in Spanish. Um, but <laughs> Sacred Heart of Jesus has about 2,500, I believe, um, a Latinx people there. And I was able to recruit that church into the organization build that I used to work with. So we began to organize around a lot of those issues that they had problems with, particularly around safety and dealing with the police and all of that. And I organized with the Immigration Outreach Service Center, which is another organization that serves immigrants in North Baltimore, but primarily immigrants from Africa, the Caribbean, the Middle East, Asian communities, and organized with them around issues that uh, they wanted to address. Um, I organized in Southwest Baltimore, primarily to get politicians there because it was a neighborhood. It's just like way over there, people don't pay attention to it. So yeah. then I did that. And I've, so anyway, I've just done similar work all over Baltimore. Um, I helped get uh, Turnaround Tuesday, a jobs movement into West Baltimore. I did that as well. Um, I know it's some things that I'm forgetting, but those are like some of the main things that I did. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you for sharing the timeline and a lot of the major projects you've worked on. And I guess the big question is why? Why do you do all this work and how do you, you know, sustain the passion and energy for the work? So, oh, but one more thing about the consent decree is I was also a big part of facilitating conversations between the police and the community, which is really how I met Cherie Briscoe. And she, she may talk to you about that later. So that was a big part. And the reason why I do it is I go back to my grandmother. Um, you know, people like her migrated here from the South. And she had an eighth grade education because at the time, a black woman, when she was born, that's as far as you could go. You had to move further north if you wanted to go beyond the eighth grade. But people like her, they moved here and they were brilliant in that, in redlining and everything. They still managed to own homes. In my neighborhood, there were only two renters on a block. They took great pride in homes and all of that. And they managed to send children to school and to college and to really ensure that the next generation did better. But they were never treated like the geniuses that they really were, right? And so, and then they didn't have voices like they really should. And my grandmother, she didn't talk a lot about, she didn't do a lot in the civil rights era, but she knew needed to vote. There were like certain things that you had to have in place. She, she would take me to the polls with her when she would vote and everything like that. And everyone around her did this thing. And a church was kind of the place where they could, could also address some of those things. Um, but their voices weren't heard. Like I could remember it was just one place. Well, 
they called it, it's called Old Town Mall then now, which is not even there anymore, but back in the day, we should just call it Gay Street. And they would address her by her last name, like Miss Tucker. Like that's the place where I would see white people address her by her last name. And so as I began to do this work and particularly going back to child first, I thought, wow, you know, everyday people can just like really make a change and then this gives people a voice. And so through every organizing effort, I always wanted to try to make sure that everyday people were able to make sure that they stood out front and they got a change. And that's why I continue to do this work. Um, it's because just thinking about her, I just think about this allows people like my grandmother and people like myself and people in um, distressed communities in particular um, can really have their voices heard. But I didn't just work with people in distressed communities. I mean, I worked with churches um, who were very affluent, but I always tried to make sure that they connected in a real way to people that maybe didn't have that much access um, or, or weren't, or just didn't have the financial security that a lot of these people had that attended some of the places where I used to organize. How do you, um kind of sustain your energy or what gives you, you know, how do you take care of yourself so that you can keep doing this work? So I like to be around young people. That helps. Um, walking helps. Music is just huge for me. The arts is just huge, which COVID was really, it was hard because like, I just remember, like, I couldn't hear a live performance or couldn't go to a museum or couldn't just be in a place without those sorts of things, feed your spirit. But water, sitting by the water is really just, like, that's my main thing. My faith, um, spending time with family. My husband is silly, so he makes me laugh. <laughs> um, so nature is huge. Um, that really that really helps me. When you think about like Baltimore, what if someone had never come to Baltimore or some of the neighborhoods you've worked in, what would you want them to know about Baltimore and the neighborhoods? Like what what should people know? That it is not the wire. All of Baltimore is not the wire. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are segments of it, but there are segments of it in every place where it's kind of like the wire. That there's really beautiful, resilient people here. That um, the culture is so quirky. So you could be in neighborhoods that are right next to each other and they look just like each other, but they want totally different things. They have a totally different personality. But there are some really good people here that, are, that you fight for changes. So for instance, there was a group, um, not the Sixth Branch, the Mission Continues um, that did a lot of, it's a, a post 9-11 veteran group and they go into neighborhoods and they talk to people in the neighborhoods and find out projects that they could work on to help to kind of transform the neighborhood. And then there's one, a few times a year where they get people from all over the country to come into these veterans from all over the country to come into the neighborhoods. And, you would hear the veterans say, we don't hear anything about this. You don't even know people are doing this kind of thing when you hear, um, you know, when you're not from here. And that there are just 
beautiful places, even within the places that look like it's just totally devastated. You can still find beauty within those places. And those are some of the things that I would really want people to know. Thanks, Ben. Um, I guess, you know, you're always a visionary and looking forward. So what are some things you hope to see happen in your work or in Baltimore or for some of the people or neighborhoods that you've worked in? You know, what, what are some of your visions for the future or hopes? Well, my hope is, is the reason why I got into the, one of the reasons that I took the position or sought out and took the position that I have now is that I was hoping that some way some of my efforts could bring some healing to some of the places where I used to work, neighborhoods that I used to be in. Um, because there's so much trauma there, um, but there's a lot of resilience there as well. And so I hope that somehow some healing comes to Baltimore. I hope that, um, I hope that the, people can see Baltimore for more than what it is and the wire or homicide and all of those other places like that. And I hope that people begin to really listen to the residents of Baltimore and work around what their needs are and not just parachute in and say, this is what we want to bring, but they're not really, it's not even what the neighborhoods want or need. Um, so those are some of my hopes. <laughs>